Good morning. In recent days and weeks and months, I've been uh, contemplating on how to live and how to live well. In the time of uh, difficulties and chaos and facing what is going on in our world, I realized that developing inborn wisdom is critical to be meaningful to ourselves and to others and be beneficial to ourselves and to others. So it is great to know that we have this ability within all of us. And Buddhist teaching always remind us that we have an incredible potential within all of us. It is not just a special gift for those chosen of you, but we all have this inborn wisdom within all of us. So this can help us to eliminate anxieties, worries, fears, or any problematic thought and lower self-esteem. This wisdom will help us to cultivate wisdom, centeredness, serenity, and compassion. So this wisdom existing in our mind that it is uh, very useful to learn how to access this inborn wisdom of our Buddha nature. So number two of our essential daily practice reminds us that always let us maintain the wisdom of our Buddha nature so that we may be free from disturbance at all times in all places. So Tessan's word is that our mind is originally free from delusion. But delusions arise in responding to sensory condition, means uh, using five senses and mind. So what kind of a delusion do you have? What is a delusion? In Buddhist understanding, delusion is a misconception and misunderstanding of who we are and how we exist and how world exists. In Buddhist understanding, this delusion makes us not living in harmony with other lives or others, even in harmony with ourselves. Delusion blocks us to see the true reality of an interdependent and impermanent world we are living in. When we look at our mind and take seriously this inward journey, we can find that strength within us. But because of delusion, we constantly look for outside for our happiness or try to solve our problems. So outward searching creates more delusion, more frustration, and sometimes more anger. So delusion comes from ignorance. 
ignorance or misunderstanding of our true reality and who we are. Because of this delusion, we create suffering, according to Buddhist understanding. So delusion arises in responding with the outer world, using our five senses and mind. And we create three experiences, positive, negative, and neutral. The positive state and positive thought and positive state of our mind is the core of our being. So it is cultivating through our practice. It's helping us to bring happiness and well-being. And this is the best beneficial quality to help others. And negative one we experience are the cause of unhappiness or problems and basis of harming others. So the key job is how to develop the skill to look inward in clear and disciplined way and distinguish what is positive and what is negative, what's going on in our mind, in our lives. We have to have a clear eyes to see it as it is. So doing that, it is kind of that we are becoming our own therapist to deal with this delusion and cultivating wisdom. In this age of material civilization and a lot of material wealth on our world, but there are so many people feel that something is missing, something is lacking. Why do we feel something is missing or lacking? Because of the false eye. The false identification of I, my, me, mine create this feeling of uh, missing, something isolated, something cut off. So these false eyes create all the problems and which create uh, delusion. And how can we dispel this delusion? There was an Indian uh, wealthy man who had five wives. He likes the first wife very much. He feed delicious food to her, bring the beautiful clothing to her, and taking care of her all the time, and spending most time, all the time, really, with her. And second wives, he cherishes very much. He put in a safe place to try to protect her she might run away or somebody else taking her. So she, he was very cautious about these uh, second wives. And third wives, he spent time sometimes, take care of rarely sometimes, and spend uh, some wealth and time to take care of these uh, third wives. And fourth wife, he neglected it. He didn't spend any time at all. He just didn't take care of her at all. And the uh, forbidden fourth wife became very weak and getting filthy and not feeding well, not you know, washing or, or 
cherishing it at all. And this man was getting very old, and he realized that he's near, near the, the end of a life. And he was frightened to go along when he died. So he called his first wife. I think I have to go uh, from this earth, and will you come with me? And for his surprise, this uh, first wife said, no, I cannot go with you. You go alone. I will stay here. I cannot go with you. And he was very disappointed because he invested most of the time and energy and money to this first wife. So he went to the second wife and asked her, can you go with me? I have to die now. I think I have to go. And second wife said, no, I cannot go with you. You go alone, and then I cannot travel with you beyond this, this earth. And he was disappointed again. And, and then he uh, went to the third wife, who really took care of her. And third wife said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I will go with you to the, your burial ground. But say goodbye there. I cannot go with you anymore. And he was very disappointed. And most of the things she, he took care of, all those three wives said no. And he felt that fourth wife will never say no because he neglected her a lot. And he was frightened. So for the last uh, chances, he asked the fourth wife, can you go with me? I have to go now. And fourth wife surprisingly said, yes, yes, I will go with you. And this one, he didn't take care of her. He just left her unattended to her. And surprisingly, he said he will go, she will go with her, with him. And it's actually a story of a Buddha's time. Buddha said that the first wife is your body. You take care of your body so well, feeding, with clothing. If you're cold, put the, uh, your body to somewhere uh, warm and make it warmer and so forth. And at the time of your death, your body cannot go with you. And second wife is uh, your wealth, your material position. You cherish it so much, you put it in a safe place. Make sure it's there all the time for you. But it cannot go with you. No matter how much you have in your bank account, nothing you carry with you. And third wife is symbolized of your relatives, your families, your friends. But when you are dying, they are coming to you and comfort you and they come to graveside and say goodbye. And fourth wife, which you, he neglected very much, we often do, is your mind. So this story really reminds us that what is the most important in our lives? What can you 
take with you when you go away the end of this life. So we have to reprioritize and spend much more time with the fourth wife, taking care of her, spending more time with her, investing in her, and nourishing her. This is the way nourishing our mind, seeing the true nature of our mind, is the way to deal with the delusion, misconception, and misunderstanding. So what is wisdom? Wisdom is seeing the true nature of a reality, to see who you are. Not just your false eye, but your real self, your true self, your Buddha nature, or Buddha mind. Wisdom is seeing your Buddha mind and is authentic understanding and experience about emptiness. Emptiness is critical to see it and understand it. What is emptiness then? Emptiness is not non-existence. Emptiness means that our true nature is empty of a permanent self. Buddhist teaching of a non-self or impermanence. So emptiness means that it is impossible to exist independently, but we always exist in depending on someone else and something else. So it's a lack of independent existence. This is a critical understanding. This understanding will give you wisdom how to live your life, how to relate, how to make a peace with the life around you, with yourself and others. So there is a no inherent I or self, according to Buddhist uh, wisdom. The true natural nature of reality is uh, this emptiness of I, my, me, my, which we sing all the time. Everything is interconnected and interdependent with everything else. This is the wisdom of emptiness. In one Buddhism, we describe this one Buddhism, uh, this uh, emptiness, reasonable emptiness, as fourfold grace. So emptiness symbolized here in the altar as a perfect circle, irwansa. So when you look at the irwansa, understand that you are isolated, I, my, me, mine, is not you, not real you. It's a delusion to think that way. If you feel something lacking or missing, you don't see this irwansang in you. The Heart Sutra, also all about this emptiness, from beginning to the end, is to the talking about the emptiness here. Emptiness is a way to liberate yourself. Knowing that this prajna parameter helping you to achieve supreme enlightenment. So Buddha of past, present, future rely on this prajna parameter and attain supreme enlightenment.
So this prajna paramita, the wisdom, will help us to end the suffering and distress and anxiety or fears or whatever hindering you. We can compare this uh, wisdom into clear, perfect mirror. Mirror can reflect what's in front of it. But the crooked mirror will reflect not reality, but the real, clear, perfect mirror, which is a wisdom of Buddha mind, will reflect what is in, in front of it as a reality as it is. What is reflecting in this mirror is that interrelatedness and the impermanent nature of our life will help us to live peacefully with everyone around us. So this wisdom dispelled delusion, separateness, and isolated I, and my, mind me song. So think about that. How can we overcome something lacking because of this false I that this wisdom awaken us in our true reality that we are equal to everyone? This compassion arises here. This interrelated, interdependent world, everyone else are equal and important like you yourself. This foresight demanding always my mind me song, but this wisdom say that we are all together in this interdependent world. So wisdom referring that this understanding of a true self or true reality of emptiness. This also helps us to understand the karma, what brings us happiness and what brings us uh, suffering. So it is important to know that everyone has this uh, wisdom mind, the wisdom of Buddha nature, but covered by dirt. So our job is removing the dirt so we can see Buddha mind as it is, like a diamond shining. In darkness, we don't see anything. But when you enter the dark room, the only thing you do is that turn on the light, turn on the switch of the inner light. What is your switch? Turn on your inner light. How to cultivate and maintain the wisdom of our Buddha nature? We begin with our thought, choosing right thought, right intention. Having right thought, right intention, and right motivation and aspiration is a critical first step. Because every thought programs us into what we will become. So don't dismiss thought. Value your thought, value your intention, value your motivation, and value your aspiration. 
That is the first step. Buddha said the mind is everything. When you think, you become. Think about it. When you think, you become. So we have to be very careful to choose your right thought. Because we will become what we generate, what we feed all the time in our mind. So in the beginning of practice, it's a right thought, right intention, 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 and motivation, and motivation, motivation. So we can be content knowing that we are cultivating this right thought, the right intention, and wisdom, and planting seed for the happiness with a positive thought, positive intention, and the right motivation. So just the right thought, right intention will cultivate your wisdom and maintain the wisdom of Buddha nature. Second, develop the right view or right understanding to cultivate and maintain wisdom. Right view means see and understand things as they are, not the way we want to see or the way we want to hear. But right understanding means that the true reality, which is knowing who we are, this sense of who we are, complete, nothing lacking, impartial, and, and uh, groundedness and roundedness. This right understanding helps us to see true nature and how we exist and how world functions, which is really understanding of emptiness again. So right view means that also understanding of uh, Four Noble Truths. What is a dukkha? Understand the cause of a dukkha. Understand how to end the dukkha. And finally, engaging in a lifestyle to address it. So to go of this uh, right understanding and right view is to live well without causing harm to ourselves and others. So this goal is to experience things as they are without adding delusion, without adding distraction or bias or distortion or preconditions. So right view and right understanding will help you to cultivate your wisdom of Buddha nature. And third is inquiry into human affairs and universal principles to cultivate and maintain wisdom. So understanding life, understanding human affairs, because human affairs, Sotesan defines just the four ways, the three, the human affairs consists of what is right, what is wrong, what is beneficial, what is harmful. So all of the human complicated uh, way of being on earth are classified by these four 
ways of interacting you know, of human affairs. And universal principle is, uh, you may guess now, emptiness. Universal principle is knowing Iruansa, knowing your Buddha nature, knowing the fundamental ultimate reality. And universal principle is also means that understanding not self, understanding impermanence, understanding the principle of a cause and effect. When you understand this universal principle, we know exactly what to do and what not to do. And so Tessan said, if we live ignorant of a universal principle, we will not understand cause of the suffering and happiness. The suffering and happiness that we create for ourselves are the result of our own making through how we use our minds and bodies. So examine how you use your mind and bodies. So developing inquiry into life and universal principle is critical. If we continue practice long enough, not just a few years or a few months or a few days, but long, long time, long enough, then we generate power of wisdom, moment of awakening, to see yourself that thing, everything as it is. So we can discern affairs, human affairs, and universal principle. So in conclusion, cultivating and maintaining wisdom helps us recognize that how to live peacefully, how to make friends with ourselves, friends with the life around us, and friends with the world. Not because everything is right, but you have a wisdom that our interdependent, interconnected world that we have to bring this kind of wisdom to develop all things together. Not only I live my life better, but help others to live better too. So all living beings we recognize is not isolated beings. It's a part of me, projection of me a part of a uh, lasting, interdependent, always uh, coexisting uh, as we are. So happiness, we understand now uh, through the wisdom that nothing comes from external world. External happiness just is just temporary. But the real happiness is coming from understanding our own Buddha nature, have a wisdom to see things as it is. So learning to experience reality as it is, precisely as it is. And without distortion of our self-centered craving or anxiety or expectations, this way we can remove and dispel delusions. So delusion is like a poison. Poison 
can destroy life, right? Destro this uh, delusion, delusion of uh, I, my, me, mind song can destroy our lives and our world. So when we extinguish this delusion, finally that wisdom of Buddha nature shine inwardly and outwardly as our essential nature. That's why we are practicing and reminding ourselves all the time. Let us maintain wisdom of our Buddha nature so that we may be free from delusion at all times in all places.